When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Monday, November 20th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. That is the man from Talking Giants, Bobby Skinner. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. And with every passing day, it looks like you're doing the show from some new place. Either that or you just keep moving boxes and cartons and everything all over the place. Is that accurate? Well, I moved, obviously, so I have my new office, but I need to get a shelf and stuff. And yes. I had to go to New Jersey, had my sister's wedding. So I haven't had like a second to even like sit down and and breathe, let alone go and buy uh, things for the new office. So um, I, my plan is for the next football today to have everything set up. Okay, good. Uh, so by the way, she did get married. She said, I do. So they really she did. did. Thing. Yep. Yep. My uh, third sibling wedding in less than a year. Third sibling wedding in less than a year? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You know what that means? That means the I'm going to have to start introducing you as Uncle Bobby within the next... Teal Bob. Oh, okay. We'll yeah. go with that. Okay. We'll, we'll go with that. All right. Um, One of the most highly anticipated games of the year will be happening tonight. I know it's a Monday. We usually talk you know, a handful of Sunday games first. But I think we start with this one. It's the ninth Super Bowl rematch in history the following year after Super Bowl. Philadelphia is at Kansas City tonight. The top two seeds, at least as it stands for right now in each conference. What is the biggest thing you are zeroing in on this evening? How will the Chiefs wide receivers do? And how will the Eagles cover Travis Kelsey? Because you remember that game, Kelsey had started the game on fire three catches for 60 yards and a touch on the first two drives after that he only had 21 yards and then juju was their leading receiver with 53 yards he's gone so the next on that list is watson and so that is my thing it's like will the eagles pass rush get home without playing on that weird turf and will the chiefs wide receivers be able to step up to the plate um as the two number one seats face each other but i, I am i don't think i've been more excited for a game than this one this season yeah, there's so, there's so many storylines, not just the Super Bowl rematch, not just the Kelsey brothers who are each like sexiest man alive in the sporting world or whatever People Magazine is naming those guys. Um, it's not just Andy Reid trying to improve to 5-0 and against his old team. There's so much here for Kansas City. Uh, yes, they currently hold the one seed, but if they lose, they'll fall behind Baltimore. That's important because... Kansas City has never played a road playoff game in the Patrick Mahomes era, with the exception of Super Bowl 55, where they were, I guess, technically playing in the Buccaneers stadium, but really it's a neutral site and there were only 25,000 fans anyway. But the point is, is that Patrick Mahomes, all he does is play AFC title games at Arrowhead. Um, so this could go a decent ways toward determining that. Um, the thing, though, I want to see is how healthy is Jalen Hurts? How much did that buy help him? Because whether or not the Eagles want to admit it or not, or list him on the injury report or not, he did not look the same the last couple of weeks going into the bye. He's gimpy. He was wearing a knee brace occasionally. 
And without that explosiveness, without that next gear, he's just not the same player. So I want to see how much the rest helped him. Yeah, and you remember how like big his rushing was in that um, Super Bowl. I mean, he had three rushing touchdowns, including you know the touch push, which obviously they created and, and have mastered. Um, but yeah, do you have more questions about the Eagles or the Chiefs? Well, definitely the Chiefs. Definitely, in part because the AFC is so challenging. I mean, we basically know, we've talked about this before, we basically know the seven teams that are going to be in the NFC playoffs, and there's a couple of them that just are whatever. In the AFC, even some of those teams that will be the six and seven seeds, I, I wouldn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl, but if they upset the two or three seeds, it wouldn't shock me. Well, there's a team that we might even view as like a Super Bowl candidate that might miss the playoffs name, see that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I just my thing is how the Chiefs wide receivers have been a big talking point for us on this show, and again, their leading their leading wide receiver in that uh, game that's still there is Justin Watson, who had two catches for eighteen yards in that game, uh, and that's why like yeah, Juju's not some world beater, but like he was like a respectable yep. wide receiver they had on their roster last year that I thought helped them. And and even like his biggest play was the, uh, you know, getting the defensive holding from James Bradbury. But, but I am, I'm just so, I, I'm really excited to see how the Eagles defense just plays them. Right. Because Mahomes is the best at like, you know, playing, playing the defense that he's playing that week. If it calls for explosive, it calls for explosive. If I got a dink and dunk, I'll dink and dunk. But I'm excited to see how the Eagles try and cover Travis Kelsey because they figure something out towards the end of the game. And they have, one of the best corners who covers tight ends in the NFL and James Bradbury, right? Like I remember, you know, even the Giants playing the Chiefs um, a couple of years ago, they put Bradbury on Kelsey and really slowed him down. Um, and they figured something out in the second half of that uh, Super Bowl. So I'm really excited to see how they attack Kelsey without having to worry about anybody on the perimeter, really. You ready for your stat of the day regarding this game? I know you're going to love it. Let's get it. Okay. Kansas City Chiefs, they are 4-0 and average 10 points more per game this regular season when Taylor Swift is in attendance. That will not happen because she had to move a show in Brazil from over the weekend to Monday, so she will not be there tonight. That could be the determining factor in a Philadelphia win. Just want to. Are you picking the Eagles or Chiefs? I'm picking the Eagles. Me too. I think the Eagle. I think that pass rush is pissed off about sliding all over the field in the Super Bowl. I think everybody on on Philly is going to be on uh, on their p's and t's, and and we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see the best version of Philly. And uh, I don't have faith in the Chiefs wide receiver room. By the way, I love it how you stayed exactly on brand. It totally ignored my Tay Tay stat. And just move. Well, on. you brought the stat. I said, "What's what does this lead to? Do, does this lead to a win or a loss?" No, no, no. It, you brushed it off as though it was unimportant. When it might be the most important numbers you hear all day regarding this game. Just wanted to say. <laughs> I, I gotta right. think of some type of number now. All right. My Cleveland Browns. They won a second straight AFC North game with a last-second field goal to beat Pittsburgh. Thirteen ten was the final. This was a game where the Browns had to start rookie DTR. Obviously, Deshaun Watson out for the year. He's going to have shoulder surgery this week out in Los Angeles. 
The Steelers, though, still very much in the playoff picture at six and four. But if you listen to some of the guys, there's a lot of grumbling in that locker room. Here is running back Najee Harris. I look at it like how long does it last? You know, like it's a good record, but I mean, it's the NFL. You know, it's winning like how we did. It's not going to get us nowhere. Okay. Um, do you think that the Steelers have the personnel right now in order to turn this around offensively? Or will this shit continue to last? I think it's going to be it is it's the shit's going to continue to last cuz you look at their next 5 games and they're probably going to be favored in every single one of them but they are just an objectively bad offense you know 28th in scoring 31st in passing uh i would ask Najee, why did his backup have 94 more yards on three less carries in this game and Jalen Moore why do they have the same amount of yards on the season even though you have 48 more carries on the season 2.3 yards less per carry for Najee that's an insane gap it might be the biggest gap between RB1 and RB2 in the NFL and it's on the neg- it's on it's reversed compared to most teams he also has 15 more catches than Najee Harris um and it's funny the Steelers one drive of the game was a great indicator or one touchdown it was a great indicator of that weird dynamic is First play, Najee Harris one yard run. Second play, Jalen Warren seventy four yard touchdown run. But at the end of the day, it does come down to Pickett in the passing game and, and Matt Canada. I mean, they're horrible. Pickett has average arm talent and just does not process the middle of the field. Nor does Canada give them easy, you know, plays to attack the middle of the field. I mean, you look at it. Pickett only uses the sideline, and that's usually a sign of a quarterback who just doesn't process and see the field very well. Yeah, well, let's. It is pile on Kenny Pickett time. He has had one career multi touchdown game. Your boy that lives at home, Tommy DeVito, already has two in the outstanding. Yeah, in the outstanding start to his uh, Canton bound career. I, I, I can't explain it with Kenny Pickett. Um, I know that he was a first rounder. Because some quarterback had to go in the first round in 2022. I mean, really, that's it. The best quarterback far and away out of that draft is going to end up being the guy that was picked last in the entire draft, and that's Brock Purdy. The rest of them, I don't know how long they're going to be around, but I look at Kenny Pickett, and I I know he's had a bunch of come-from-behind wins, and they just hang in there, and they hang in there, and they'll get a game-winning drive. Like, they got out-stealered yesterday by the Browns and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Browns needed one drive in the second half, and they got it, and the kid did it. But, man, when you're a first-round pick, you're expected to be able to take some chances and thread a needle. Like, Can you remember even one pass from Kenny Pickett's career so far? I mean, they're, yeah, it's all acrobatic catches by George Pickens, basically, right. which, again, is a, a knock on, on Pickett. Um, yeah, again, he is someone who – and you saw it at Pitt, even though he did – do great that last year and was kind of average the years before that it's just like yeah when it's all simplified and easy it's there and when it's not he just kind of holds on to the ball too long he can miss he kind of gets a little flustered under pressure yeah it's he's he's has averaged he has averaged nfl starter arm talent right like good good overall arm talent but it's not great 
And you to be that type of guy, you got to be able to use the middle of the field and just doesn't. But also Matt Canada is an objectively bad offensive coordinator yes. as well, too. So it's a lot of different things. And the Steelers need to – if I'm Mike Tomlin, man, like I, you got to go off of what's been happening in the last five years. Like you got to kind of start over – offensively and change your identity offensively bring in somebody new don't just you know upgrade your your qb coach to the offensive coordinator and go out and try and get it get a quarterback who can help you win games because that defense is being wasted right now even though they are even though i am picking them to still make the playoffs like they're not a super bowl contender but i feel like that with that defense and they have enough offensive talent to at least be like a fringe contender if they had a quarterback that's the thing is that i think Steeler fans would take this season if it felt like a rebuilding on the fly type year. But I don't think they see it that way. Like they've already drafted their quarterback in the first round. They've got a bunch of skill players that they've drafted in the first two or three rounds. You know, they're using a lot of draft capital on that offensive line in recent years. Like it just feels like they should be better than they are. And they're not like Kenny Pickett. I'm sorry. I hate to say this. I remember him for one thing, and that is a fake slide. Everything he's done collegiately and in the NFL, that's it. That's the play. I can't believe that that's what I'm saying, but that's what I know a quarterback for is a fake freaking slide. What about his small little hands? Kind of moved on from that. Dude can't even eat a Whopper. Um, ah. Yeah, so it's it's got to be frustrating for Pittsburgh, but I, I do think they're still going to be a playoff team, which I know we'll talk mm-hmm. about a little bit in, in, the, in the next question. Uh, on yep. the Brown side of, of the thing of the field, mm-hmm. uh, DTR led the t- uh, both him and Pickett in yards per attempt with three point eight, which is very funny. If you asked me, you told me the Browns win. You said what's going to be the score? I would say thirteen to ten. Yeah. Um, they signed Flacco last night to the practice squad, right? And you see, with DTR teams are going to start getting really aggressive with Amari Cooper. You had an interception that was popped up. Almost had another interception. And they're just getting aggressive on it. Not every team's going to be the Steelers, but you're playing some good defenses. Do you bring in Flacco despite the fact that he doesn't have the mobility that DTR has? I don't think so. I just think that they have to trust Dorian Thompson Robinson to start throwing the ball a little bit more downfield. Not everything can be east-west. You just can't win. You're not going to win ballgames 13-10. I think the Browns... They know they're facing an uphill battle, man. And by the way, if you ever wanted to realize why quarterbacks get paid up northward of $40 million and other positions, there's not that disparity. Go around the league and check out the difference between the number one guy, QB1, and QB2 on a team. It changes everything. that you. I mean, Deshaun Watson has not played well this year. I was like, oh, my God. Do we need Deshaun Watson back when I was watching that game yesterday? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating it is for wide receivers, too. They're like, man, you're keeping me running in a box all day. Like, I can only go eight yards downfield. We'll see. Hopefully, the kid gets a little bit better. Um, But I don't think you'd go to Joe Flacco. We'll see. Um, Seattle and Buffalo. Seattle ended up losing last seconds against the Rams. Buffalo took it to the Jets. They both have brutal schedules coming up. Seattle hosts San Francisco on Thanksgiving night, then at Dallas, then at the Niners, then home against Philly. That's their next four. Good luck. Buffalo is at Philly before a bye, then at Kansas City, 
home against Dallas. And don't forget, they also end the season against the Miami Dolphins. Um, are you worried about one, both, or neither of those teams? The Seahawks, even though like I don't have faith in them as like a great team, I'm not worried about them making the playoffs. Uh, you know, they're two games up on the teams that are out of the wild card in the NFC, and I, I think it's the Packers and and I can't remember exactly. The Rams are there. Yeah, the Packers and Rams are two games up on them. And I just I see nine and eight getting them to the playoffs, and they need to go three and four. And I see that the Bills I am very worried about, right? Because you look at the uh, the other teams in that. The Texans have a very winnable schedule. The Browns are going to get in. And that essentially leaves you between the Bills and Steelers for that last wild card spot. And we said before, the Steelers are going to be favored in their next five games. And they're a team that figures it out to win games, even versus some good teams, even though they're bad offensively. Like, And the Bills, I thought they would look really good in this game post the firing of Ken Dorsey. But with the Bills, it's like, hey, be consistent, stay consistent, and like, are, are how many games are they going to be favored in the, this next four game stretch? Like, if they go two and two or three and two, like that could still leave them out of the playoff race at the end because of how good this AFC playoff race is. Yeah, so I think you got to circle that game against Dallas. Listen, they've won in in Kansas City during the regular season, and they nearly snatched one in the divisional round in the playoffs a couple of years ago, the now Josh Allen overtime game. Um, but man, you look at the schedule coming up. They've got to win minimum one of those three games, either at Philly, at Kansas City, and home against Dallas. I suppose I the think home they against will. Dallas. You you think the Dallas one is the one? Yeah, they've they've they beat Dallas four years. Ago. I th- I think they'll beat Dallas. I still have worries about Dallas versus the the good teams in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I do think, I do think they beat Dallas, but I don't see them being Philly, Kansas city, like you said, is, uh, that's a pick them game. I think, I feel like for both sides. And like you said, Buffalo's had success versus them. Um, so I don't see why they wouldn't, um, again, um, but again, that's tough. Right. And right. I mean, right now they're out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So we're not talking is, about like the Seahawks have two games up. The Bills aren't; they're out of it currently. The thing about the Bills is that we have seen them play exceptionally well in games, a la Miami, where I think they beat them forty-eight twenty. Then they flew over to London and they looked like shit. Some of that might have been the fact that they got there fifty-five hours before kick, but I don't know. It might just be who they are. So now that they've played well. I want to see if they can continue to build on any momentum. It's the reason that they're game over 500, not two or three games over 500. They get one, they look like crap. They look like crap, then they look like world beaters or Super Bowl contenders. So, yeah, I am worried. I don't know how you can't be worried if you're a Bills fan. And I echo your sentiments on Seattle. I think that they probably get in there as the six or seven seed. They'll be an easy out in the first round. It's just the there is such a line of demarcation right now in the NFC. It makes me sick because I hate it when you get to week 17 and 18 and there's nothing there in the NFC except maybe a little bit of uh, sliding seating. Yeah, I know the NFC is it's, although I am very excited at the top. Like I can't wait to see 49ers equals in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned with the bills, it's not just the hard teams. Like, the bat like the you know the Broncos good win last night at the five and five beat them. Right. Uh you know, 
the the Patriots, who have the number 31 offense in the NFL, scored 29 and beat them. My Giants, the number 32 offense in the NFL, came, you know, a play away from beating them. Uh so it's like not it's not just that, oh, they well, they just gotta, you know, go fit five hundred against the good teams. It's like, hey, don't have these weird games that you lose against the bad teams either. Um, where I think they may be on the outside looking in at the end of this. Um like they're they're e- what is their their easiest game for the rest of the season is facing Justin Herbert, right? That's that's their easiest game for the rest of the season is facing Justin Herbert. That's a tough damn schedule when you're mm-hmm. when you're already out of the playoffs. Like if they were a game up, we'd still be having this conversation. And I just, I really do think that defense, Matt Milano going down, is going to be like the difference of them making the playoffs and not this year. Like yeah. that that the loss of that player, it gets so under notice right and rasul douglas coming in and replacing tradavius white has helped a little bit he's created turnovers but not having milano makes it really tough especially against teams like the eagles that they're going to play next week that are going to be very willing to run the ball on them and use the rpos and stuff which milano was like amazing at stopping and and he was the reason why they beat the dolphins who they'll play at the end of the season too the weather might be cooling down, but the action on the field stays hot. Fuego. And today we've teamed up with the DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL, to get you closer to the action. Right now, new customers can who bet just $5 will get $150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALL TODAY. Fans of multiple teams uh, and want to bet on them all? Combine multiple bets together for a shot and even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Thanksgiving, that's a yeah, Thanksgiving's a, a great football day. Also, Mike, are you part of the they should make it different teams or should we just always be Lions and Cowboys? I, I think they should just always be Lions and Cowboys. Agreed, agreed. Say, yeah. I like tradition. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code football today, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, let's move on to, uh, in my opinion, what could be a really interesting question. The Lions, they erased a 12-point deficit with about three and change to go and ended up beating Chicago. It was Justin Fields' first game back after missing a month because of that bad thumb. Some feel it also started a seven-game audition to prove once and for all that he is the dude under center moving forward in the Windy City. Do you feel that way? I don't know what to feel with Chicago because I have no faith in them making like sound smart decisions and polls and uh, Eberflus. Like I think both those guys should be gone. Eberflus at a minimum, but I think if you fire the head coach, you should fire the GM too. And even if, and where I do think Fields is probably done, is I don't think he's going to have a great end of the season. But he did play very well yesterday, right? But I don't even know if very well is going to be enough because I believe they're going to keep the GM and the head coach, and I think they're just going to look to draft a QB with that first pick that the Panthers will give them. Um, So I I think Fields would have to play, like, elite, elite ball, not like, oh, this is – like, Fields is improving ball. Like, like no, this is elite football um, that Fields is doing for them to stick, uh, stick with him. But, again, I – I have no faith in like the Bears making like decisions that ninety percent of other you know GMs would make because they just are they are very unpredictable in a bad my, way. My problem is I don't think we know how good Justin Fields is. The chaos around him has been so crazy and spinning at a rapid pace that I can't get a real good feel for 
what he is. I know he's a damn good athlete that changes the game with his legs. He threw a couple of lasers yesterday, right? The one to DJ Moore, the 39-yard touchdown, was a spectacular throw. And then he had Tyler Scott on that third nine that could have sealed the game, and it looked like Scott stopped running downfield or kind of mm-hmm. lost his way a little bit. I thought that was a pretty good throw if you're going to call that, that play. And, yeah, I mean, I thought he did it great. So did he do enough to beat the Lions? In my opinion, he did. He, he oh, absolutely. It. So it's hard to sit there if you're a Bears fan and say, okay, maybe we've got the guy that certainly, if we put some more pieces around him, can be good enough because they're going to have two picks in the top five or six or however this shakes down. And, by the way, if you end up having that number one pick and you don't want Caleb Williams, look at the haul that the freaking that they got from the Panthers for Bryce Young. Look at the haul they got for him. Caleb Williams is one of those guys, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, Joe Burrow, the guys that you know are definitely going one. There are years when quarterbacks come out who were like, okay, we think we know who's going one, but we're not entirely sure. Use last year as a perfect example. Imagine what teams would trade up to get. I mean, the now, once again, you made the point, whether it's, you know, the hierarchy they've got there right now or somebody else in charge of making those selections that you don't trust them 100%. But if you could get a ton of high-end first-rounders and put them around Justin Fields, you don't think that'd be enough to consistently win in the NFL? I do think so, but I think Matt Eberflus is just a horrible head coach, and I think he but lost. You can that move on game. from him. But you're just but here's here's where it's like it gets so muddy with the Bears. Then you are like on the weirdest cycle ever, where you have a GM who didn't draft the quarterback, you have a GM who already fired the head coach that he hired, um, and that's where it, it gets so so muddy for what the Bears do. And that's why I say that even if. Justin Fields improved. Like, if we we're saying, hey, Justin Fields improved a good amount, right? He looks solid. I still think they might just pull the trigger because they didn't draft this quarterback. They're on the hot seat. And like, all right, let's let's get go out and get get the quarterback. And if he plays well as a rookie, we got at least another year to build on. And we can still, you know, draft maybe Marvin Harrison Jr., despite, you know, depending on where that pick ends, right? Ends up. So it's like for me, for the Bears, I feel like it's like a Justin Fields has to play like elite, elite ball. Like this is like this is this is like the top quarterbacks in the NFL play at the end of year three for them to say that because a lot of times when you're you're looking at oh well this was like you end up regretting building around the guy who looks good sometimes and other times not so much. I don't know, man. I think it's tempting to trade that pick. Oh, I know that Caleb Williams is super talented. But man, if he could get, if he ends up in Chicago, what's to make you think that they're going to turn that around without enough talent? If they, I don't know, man. I, and that's the crazy thing is, like, you, they traded the first pick last year. You get DJ Moore. You're getting a, a possibly the number one pick um, in this draft. And then also, uh, you know, do they have a first out of next year's draft? Hold on, I'm looking that up. What are, What is the other pick that they got? Well, they've got um, – they have their own. They got a late second-round pick, too, from last year's draft, which they drafted Tyreek Stevens, who got an interception yesterday. And then uh, and then a, a second – a first-rounder – or, yeah, a second-rounder in 2025. And you can get a bigger haul this year probably for that first pick. 
And yeah, so they'd be able to add some elite pieces, right? Because they probably wouldn't be dra- dropping out of the top five. Anyways, you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, you can draft Olu Fashano, even though they did draft Darnell Wright and Braxton Jones are playing well in the attack. Or, you know, fill in the blank on stud player, Jared Verse, pass rusher out of FSU, whoever. Yeah, it, it absolutely is tempting. But just they're on this weird cycle where this GM didn't draft this quarterback and you'd be going into you'd have to be making a fifth year option decision this offseason be interesting all right last thing quickly uh zach wilson sacked in more ways than one by his head coach we saw the play first of all as he was like walking backward onto the field he tripped earlier in the game and then heading over to the sideline robert sala tried to keep him up tried to tackle him there was a little back and forth and then eventually his coach kind of sacked him and said let's let boyle get some snaps here in the last quarter plus of this game. Is it officially over for Wilson in New York? Yes, finally. It finally is over. Um, it was very funny, the image of, like, depending on which angle you saw of the Sala, Zach, I mean, it looks like a wrestling takedown, which is very funny in the game that he got benched. I mean, it, it's been time here's the thing it's tim boyle's not going to come in here and save this offense either so i don't think it's going to be good no but this is where we've had this conversation over and over it's like why was this your backup qb option why was this your backup qb option on a go for it type year with an older you know an older quarterback that you traded for um just they kind of they they screwed themselves why was Dobbs not traded for uh, a couple weeks ago um even though they're not a Super Bowl team with Dobbs. They're they're a playoff team most probably. Um, so yeah, it, it's over. It's over for Zach Wilson. Yep. Um, as of the taping of the show, he has yet to be benched for Friday's Black Friday game against the Miami Dolphins, but we expect that to happen. And in the meantime, QB one there in New York continues to stoke those flames that I'll be back practicing in by early December, according to Jake Blazer, Fox Sports. So it never stops with the Jets. Never stops. We'll see how that goes. Is Aaron Rodgers going to come to practice? If the, if he does, that means that that he didn't have an Achilles tear, right? Dude, it, I don't even want to get started with this whole thing. I well, really here don't. is the thing you kept on asking me earlier, like, are you taking it serious? And I was like, no. And now I'm like, well, we're like a week, like a few weeks away from like what he keeps saying is going to happen. And then like Jay Glazer is not – if there's anyone who like just never gets anything wrong, it is Jay Glazer. Um, so I, I have no idea what to think of the Rogers thing. Is it possible it could be Aaron Rodgers going out there and putting gear on and just moving left and right and throwing a little bit? Like, does that count as practice? Sure. I guess so. That very much it, so, yes. But it doesn't mean that they've opened his 21 day window or anything. Like, let's Let's be honest. If he gets out there, first of all, the earliest he could get out there and play games would be late December, maybe. And by then, this thing could have turned into such a shit show. Like, you want to put your almost 40-year-old quarterback out there with an Achilles when nobody's done this before? Just makes zero sense. But I could see Aaron Rodgers being so bullheaded about it all that he would make them do that. Yeah, it's... So what are the Jets right now? What is their record? They're like they're, they're like they're clearly out of the playoffs, believe, right? They're, they're four and six, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, 
Yeah, I believe I believe I believe that is right because they did have their bye week. Yeah, they're yeah. four and six. So they're I mean they're completely out of the playoff race. Um, especially if you have Tim Boyle playing quarterback for you. Yep. Well, enjoy tonight's Monday night game. I know you'll be heartbroken that Tay Tay's not there. Somehow you will still continue to watch. And we will be back at it again the day after Thanksgiving when we break down maybe, if not all three of the games, certainly some semblance of the three-pack that we saw on Thanksgiving and then look ahead maybe to the Black Friday game and then and certainly to Sunday's slate as well. So for producer Mikey and Bobby Skinner, continue to absorb all that he throws out there in the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Football Today.